Episode 13 of Club Management. I'm your host, Shannon Dawson. If it's your first time stumbling across this podcast, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash clubmanagement1. We're also on Mixcloud. That's mixcloud.com slash clubmanagement1. Type in Club Management on Stitcher, Google Play, the TuneIn app, and iTunes, and you will find us. Uh... I'm extremely sorry. Um, It's been over a month since I've kind of uh, done a podcast or I've really said anything on the SoundCloud space. Um, And it's just because my life kind of got rocked around and set back a bit with the coronavirus, you know, completely just wreaking havoc around the world. And obviously China really getting hit with the brunt of this nasty outbreak. Um, China's been home for me for the last four years, so getting hit with the news from my school and my friends, um, and even some of the, the, the venues and clubs that I DJ at, telling me to just kind of wait this thing out. Um, no one's quite sure what life will look like after this. Um, and, you know, my problems seem really small and minute in comparison to those who have really, really been deeply affected by this thing or, you know, people that have lost loved ones um, or have had family and friends fall ill with the virus. Uh, And, you know, I've had friends that have obviously been quarantined in their homes for a month. I mean, just imagine not being able to go out, not being able to do the things you normally do. Um, So that's been incredibly tough to hear from them as well, Um, not being able to provide them some sort of emotional support during this crazy time has also been rough for me. It, it really put things into perspective for me because obviously, you know, I think that we take for granted sometimes that we really need to cherish the time that we have on this planet and cherish the time that we have with our loved ones. Um, this downtime has giving me a chance to do a lot of things I wouldn't normally do if I were still operating in my, you know, busy nine to five music life. I've been able to spend so much more time with my family back in New York. Um, I, I was coming to visit them for the spring festival, but then, you know, obviously got word of all the craziness happening uh, while I was here. So I've been here literally for a month now. Um, and, you know, I've been able to have dinner and see friends that I haven't seen in years and really revert back to my core and kind of readjust and and think for once. So I'm extremely grateful for this downtime in a sense because it's given me a lot of clarity and focus in terms of what's really important. Um, But I guess out of all of this, we really just need to be concerned about our lives and surrounding ourselves with our loved ones and family because uh, you just never know. You never know uh, what could happen. And forgive me, my, my sound quality is not the same, obviously, because I'm at home. So it might sound a little bit candy, but I hope the sound quality is still great. And, and listen, you can hear the sounds of New York in the background. <laughs> How real. A real home recording. 
Um, but, you know, I wanted to take this time to catch up with some friends back in China and some artist friends of mine because life has really come to a complete standstill in China and in Hong Kong, especially within the entertainment world. Popular clubs and bars have been forced to temporarily shut down in an effort to contain the virus. No one knows what life will look like moving forward either. I wanted to chat to some of my friends who are currently experiencing the virus firsthand and take a look at what the world looks like for them right now and hopefully get some clarity on it together. I had a really nice chat with Hong Kong native Alex Yu, who is a classically trained violinist and an experimental producer under the name Alex Melism. He's an integral member of Hong Kong's budding and genre-bending music label, Absurd Tracks. The collective of six are gaining some buzz for their artists, who are producing and performing deconstructed club tunes in an unconventional way, like Kelvin T, who just released his full-length album entitled Aerate, filled with chopped and pitched vocals and hallucinogenic melodies and beat patterns. You also have ASJ, another member who often takes familiar sounds of Afro and tropical rhythms and reconstructs them into club anthems. Maximalism in particular is known for beautifully composing and producing songs often filled with brash and in-your-face industrial clashes, and with ideas that sonically evoke sounds of Hong Kong's historical landscape. Time zones apart, Alex spoke to me about what he's been up to during the outbreak. Absurd Track's recent debut at the CTM Festival, playing at the legendary Bergheim, and what life might look like after the virus. I wanted to just kind of check in with all my friends back in China and in, in Hong Kong as well, just to see where everybody's at at this moment in time, because obviously it feels really bad and it, and it seems really horrible. Um, but I'm just wondering, what kind of space are you in right now? Are you feeling okay with all of this virus stuff happening? Well, um, it's all right, I guess. Like you know, it's um, more people getting recovered, I guess, and but still, there's like a potentials of like you know, uh, further spread, since like you know, uh, people still moving around in between cities, and you know, and then also we see cases elsewhere where like you know, people. If they, you know, keep traveling around and then whether you don't even know, like, what's, you know, what's going to be the next, you know, outbreak. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like everything's on edge at the moment. And, like, how are you personally feeling during this time? What what are you seeing in Hong Kong? Well, I guess, like, you know, shop closed earlier and uh, a lot of things got shut down and the scene is uh, kind of dead. Pretty dead. I can imagine. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of the venues that you probably frequent or, you know, nightlife in general is at a halt. Um, how are some of the venues in Hong Kong affected by this at the moment? Well, there's one live house called TDM just 
um, decided to close like last week and well there are some other places there's still things going on like you know at each in Hong Kong but I think like I don't think there are many people going out now mm-hmm. as I know there's like there might be still some um, gay parties going on in uh, Shenwan where they have like drag queens you know doing the things there but like I could never been to those parties so I couldn't tell mm, okay and then um, I know that sonar was scheduled to happen during this time too but that's probably delayed as well well sonar yes and then also we're supposed to have like a few parties during the art Basel but eventually this year they decided to cancel it so yeah yeah oh that's just it's oh, really difficult um and forgive me i i i'm not so knowledgeable about nightlife in hong kong like what are some of the places that you really enjoy going to in the city or that you and obviously your label absurd tracks have had events at prior to all of this happening well i think before the outbreak um Sometimes we have events at each in Hong Kong, um, a music space called Terrible Baby. But there's also, um, we have some uh, irregular or some events happening in, in, in Causeway Bay uh, at HKCR, Hong Kong Community Radio. But also there's like uh, a space called 20 Alpha. Which is a space dedicated to experimental music as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's there's another space called uh, it's a secret location um, in a factory building called the thirty fourth floor, and then it is a secretive place where like some of my friends they live there as a community as a commune and where they have like side trance party and some other party happenings there as well. Wow, that is really cool. Um, I was reading the interview that you and uh, Gavin Wong, who is the founder of Absurd Tracks, did with uh, Macon. And Arthur Bray had asked you guys this question about, you know, when you think about Hong Kong, underground music culture doesn't necessarily come to mind. So, I mean, what are the advantages, but also the challenges of trying to grow this experimental scene that Absurd Tracks is really kind of growing its name for at the moment? Well, I guess it's, uh, first of all, it takes time and very much effort on to grow an audience. But I feel like, you know, the main issue is like, you know, um, space is a, a main issue here that we could able to actually uh, to have a proper or uh, ideal place to uh, have you know parties also license and you know yeah. and also like you know what, what, what should I put it like you know um, locations I guess mm-hmm. yeah, all because like Hong Kong even is, is kind of small but you know comparatively speaking Hong Kong is also kind of huge in the sense where like you have like places where like it's not easy to reachable Mm -hmm. yeah i can imagine and like that's also been a big thing in the nightlife well not only in the nightlife world but just in entertainment in general 
it's just like obviously with these rising costs of rent and then you have to factor in you know because of that rent then you have to probably price tickets pretty expensively um then you know obviously if you're not getting enough traction places have to shut down it's just this never-ending cycle of trying to keep those sacred places alive so you know new york is always experiencing the same thing as well um it's really difficult it's really difficult So I want to talk a little bit about you as an artist. You are a classically trained violinist, and then you are making these really great uh, production uh, productions that almost feel like artwork to me. And I want to talk about the transition in your sound because I noticed that when you came out with your first release, Sombre, this feels a lot different than what you're producing with TKO. So I want to talk about that transition. Was that something that was intentional in your production? Well, I guess um, the track that I released on Chernobyl was kind of mystic, I, I would say. Well, like, I feel like when I was making that track, Sombre, during that time, I was still actually exploring, you know, club music as a form of, you know, expression. I didn't realize like um, until I uh, further developed my own sound and I feel like you know uh, I have more confidence about like you know um, you know expressing myself through uh, you know the sound that I like in TKO the sound that I'm more familiar with and I think uh, Sombre um, it was Around 2017, I, I remember, like I only, uh, I only came back from London since I finished my study at Goldsmith uh, for my master degree. Well, I came back to Hong Kong in 2015. Uh, yeah, 2015. Well, like I spent some some times and years, like you know, trying to. Uh, you know, work as a sound artist, but eventually, like Sombre, is also um, um, a signature where, like, you know, I shift my focus from art um, back to music. I would say. Yeah, I mean, you can feel it in Sombre. It almost feels like an Afrobeat track compared to DKO, which obviously uh, is more in like a deconstructed realm and. I think two of my favorite tracks off of TKO uh, are Junk and Vexations. Um, Junk in particular just feels like you're putting on a pair of VR glasses, you're entering this kind of post-apocalyptic video game, and Vexations also has the same feeling. Um, what, what kind of space were you in when you were creating these tracks? Well, as I create TKO is... Um a dedication to the place where I live, like TKO stands for Chunk and O, and Chunk is also, uh, the word itself is like a double entree of this place, because like, you know, TKO was known as Chunk Bay in the past, mm -hmm. 
And then Tiki is also known for the um, the landfill area where you put your trash. I think junk uh, is a dedication to the ideas where, like you know, it's a place where people live, but we also li live nearby, like a landfill area where, like you know. I still remember when I was like a secondary school student, we went on a field trip to the landfill and it was an enormous experience because like we were um, in the bus, in the tour bus, but we but we already we already can smell the the the, the smells of the you know rubbish, you know <laughs> inside the bus and then it gave it left me as a very strong impact and I think so junk is pretty inspired by rubbish in a sense. Mm -hmm. And then also it uh marked uh through its you know process of you know making because when I make junk I was looking into my Ableton life section and then I just look into random samples and then I put it in the intro as um you know a metaphor of rubbish where like pretty random those samples and i don't have a second thought about why and how do i put those um sample and i just put it together mm, yeah it's a very uh vexations in particular is a very like very deep i mean it is a deconstructed club track you've got that very brash bass that comes in and then uh it almost feels like, I don't know, like it's, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. That's how great it is. <laughs> uh, it does. I When I was making Vexation, um, so the title is actually a name from um, um, Eric Satie's tracks, um, where like uh, Eric, Eric Satie, uh, in his Vexations, mm -hmm. he required the pianist to play the piece of music uh, for like 500 and something like you know times to in order to finish the music mm -hmm. but it was only just a repetition and i got that inspiration from that you know in this melody or the synth that i did in my track i have a very um strong uh, synth fly that's like constantly looping and evolving but at the same time there's like a very hostile beat and throwing us on underneath the synth and that I I think like you know the track is uh, was composed way earlier than the rest of the tracks in TKO so like that tracks was the initial point where I start working on the EP. Um, I think also what I appreciate appreciate so much about Absurd Tracks as a whole is that you are you guys are constantly playing around the lines of genres and somehow meshing all of those sounds together and making it work in a really beautiful way. Um, and you guys are so lucky because you got a chance to go perform at the legendary Birdine for CTM Festival. Um, how was that experience bringing the absurd track sound to Berlin? Well, I guess um, 
my experience of Bergen is that as a techno institute itself, it um, has um, a very particular audience. Those like you know Berlin club goers and also those who attracted by the name of Bergai. But when we were playing at City uh, in Bergai during the City Festival, we are actually not pretty uh, sure about like the audience because like you know the audience for City Festival are the different kinds of audience apart from the Bergai you know regulars. Mm. Well, like you know. Our audience, they came for the CTM, aimed for the more experimental stuff instead of uh, the regulars of Bergai's techno nights, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was it had a different, obviously a different feeling. Um, but were people pretty receptive to, for example, what you were doing, where you kind of play the violin so brilliantly alongside your own productions and compositions? Uh, did people like it? Yes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I, 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 I did read like a review of our gigs of that night and then I think like it's, it was not bad and you know people you know seems like you know our abstract tracks mean you know doing a lot of uh, live set in um set where like Calvin T singing on top of his production and also ESJ mm-hmm. and then me playing the violin on my own music is probably like you know sim- you know something the audience would have expect from Absubtract which yeah. is also mentioned in that article the reveal there's been a lot of talk in the music world obviously about consumerism and how these algorithms are making it really difficult for artists to be able to monetize, gain following, or even establish a connection with, you know, their fans. So are you thinking mm. about these kind of things as you create music? Well, well, it really depends on whether one artist decided to um, make a living out of the music that they made, right? Like, somehow, like, in the underground, there's always, like, um, um, dilemma or a struggle whether an artist to keep his day job or they decided to move to Berlin to actually to, you know, go all into the business. Mm. For me, as I'm still studying, and which I've just, you know, started my PhD since uh, September, I don't really have the financial pressure to actually go full on promoting myself as a musician. Mm -hmm. But some of my friends, those who actually moved to Berlin, they they do that they really take the the music seriously and they really like look for gigs and stuff where allows them to make a living. And I think... um, it's a constant struggle, as I would say, like for us to think about our career in music, because it's never really up to us to whether like our music gonna make it or not. But there's also like you know, it depends on your social networks and then who you work with and then whether you 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 know being all good enough or maybe like you know whether like. You know, somehow, I feel like you know, um, 
how can I say, uh, particularly like us coming from Hong Kong, there's um, I would say a disadvantage because like we are so far from the center of the business in terms of you know music industry, but we are talking about what more like you know a global global like you know uh, kind of you know uh, industry. And yet, we are also kind of close to what's happening in Asia. Yet, I think like you know, it's it's not like you know we, as a you know, abstract. So me and uh, my members, like we are sort of representing you know the sound of Hong Kong. But there's only us in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. There might be some other people, but like you know, I. I also know people who works in the local music industry, but it's a totally different, you know, scene. And then they works for like you know local pop music production, and then what they are looking for is totally different from what we're doing. So there's always like a you know dilemma and struggles and you know stuff that are not actually you know making out well. You know, I I find that some artists, uh, like me and Bohan Phoenix, were talking about this the other day. That sometimes he gets kind of labeled in a box of like, oh, he's an Asian rapper. You know, like he's making this Asian rap. Why can't it just be you know rap or hip hop? Why does it always have to have that Asian label? Do you feel like sometimes absurd tracks gets put into that box? I would say since like you know the industry or. Popular music is some, you know, Western Institute.、Mm. It is always、uh, issues when, like, non non European or non, you know, American, whether、mm. like, you know, it depends on the colors of skin, where like they want to approach to a, you know,、um, greater audience. They always being labeled as Asian, Korean, or whatever you name it. But I think like, you know, somehow.、Um, But there's always like you know it's always coming from two sides you know whether like you know you know some cases like ATA Rising they've been mingling around with their own identity as Asian but at the same time you also have like you know like Bohan Felix questioning about why should I be labeled as Asian and whatsoever like since like Asian might have its own advantage in terms of approaching to. Like let's say, you know, the Asian American or Asian Canadian market, for 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 for, for their own, you know,、um, consumptions of that、uh, identities in the li-、uh, neoliberal, you know,、uh, society. But at the same time, like artists,、um, for us, like you know, I like for me, like I'm not concerning whether you are labeling me as Asian or not. But I think, like you know, when we are doing this music that we are doing, we are not actually taking, you know,、uh, Asia or Hong Kong as、um, our concern because, like, we are doing something that say, you know, reject the notion of、um, locations or like, you know,、uh, any notions of、um, identity. I would say. So music, it shouldn't necessarily be obviously. There will always be kind of、uh, inklings of your identity in your music, but it's not necessarily what defines the music. I guess you know it's more of a tool for you to just 
kind of speak about the things that you, you know, that you identify with or that you, you want to talk about in your music. So I, I definitely understand that. What are you working on currently? Can you tell us? Um, I actually did, you know, debuts like some new tracks I made uh, in the CTM and even in London. But I haven't really have a plan to release them because I feel like it's not subs- uh, substantial enough. Mm-hmm. But like you know, those new music I did or I made is. Which is, uh, I try to put more violin element. Mm-hmm. That I've been like, you know, those music I've been trying to have a more like, uh, a substantial uh, part for the violin. Mm-hmm. So, and then also I try to even like, you know, like you know, further to, I don't know, I don't have a concrete idea, but I feel like I'm trying to capture a kind of mood. Mm-hmm. A mood of feeling a little bit more like you know, I won't say apocalyptic, but more like you know, uh, more like a traumatized mood. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's pretty traumatized, like after these like you know months and years, like you know, two thousand nineteen and two twenty is such terrible years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you never in your life realize like you know things could crumble that fast. Mm, very. You can see it. Yeah, you can see it literally crumbling. Uh, crumbling. Mm-hmm. It's very, very true. You know, I um, I came back to New York to visit my family for the Spring Festival. And then to get that message from my school saying, you know, don't come back. We don't know what's going to happen with this thing. Just stay home. And now fast forward, I've been home for a month and just not knowing what's going to happen next. I had gigs planned that I can't even do any uh, do anymore now because... Um, of what's happening so it's it's crazy to go from thinking that you have everything under control and then to see things just kind of yeah fall apart <laughs> so yeah it's, uh, it's a it's really crazy time to be honest yeah and then also like you know the protest in Hong Kong is not you know actually finished mm. like you know from time to time from month to month like you know whenever you know you have like a certain like you know uh, uh, like uh, uh, anniversary or like you know, uh, uh, sensitive days that coming up. So there will always like a protest happening. Mm-hmm. It was just like happened yesterday, like in Hong Kong, where like you know the police already uh arrested another hundred years, a hundred people, something like that, mm-hmm. because like you know they will try to memorize you know the event happened in uh the 31st of August where the police uh, uh, charged into a metro station and then beating up people randomly. So there's been like, you know, uh, protests going on still in Hong Kong. And sometimes like, you know, it's almost unavoidable. Like I have a friend like yesterday night, she was so scared because like, you know, uh, suddenly like, you know, the police start, you know, you know, uh, spraying uh, pepper spray to people on the street, you know, and also tear gases everywhere. 
goodness. Imagine, like, you know, it's only, like, you know, only two or a month, like, after the outbreaks of the virus. Somehow, there's still uh, developments going on, but it's somehow being slowed down. Luckily, in Hong Kong, not like, you know, in Italy or in Korea, where they're actually having an actual outbreak. Mm, no. and, and somehow the, case, the, the cases in China also being slowed down, which is a good thing. But we are not feeling too optimistic about it because since the virus is so contagious. Right. You, you don't know if it can start back up again. Um, well, let's try to think for, 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 for happier times. What do you think? will happen after the virus? Do you think everything will just kind of go back to normal? Or... Well, I think like, you know, you know, I was talking about um, the anxiety, or I was trying to talk about the mood, or the um, the feeling of, you know, feeling apocalyptic. Yeah. So the feelings of being a uh, feeling apocalyptic, apocalyptic, yeah, yeah, apocalyptic mm-hmm. is that you don't really see the future, mm. and eventually, like things will end at one point, but you never really think, you know, what's the consequence. Because, like, okay, does it mean, like, if the virus, you know, finished and everyone just goes back to normal? What about those who already died and the damage that has been done to the society, to the economy, to the political system? Mm. I mean, like, what concerns me, the next big thing will probably be, like, the election in America. Of course, yeah. Everyone's, you know, really won't know whether, like, you know, Sanders is going to make it or not. Mm, Yeah, and then Joe Biden, he just won the South Carolina primary, so everyone's up and raw about that, because that could be, that could mean that he could possibly um, have a chance to to beat out Sanders. It's a really, it just kind of feels like everything's on edge around the world, right? Like, you have the virus happening in China, in Hong Kong. You've got the virus obviously spreading to other parts of the world. The America right now is an absolute crap show with this with this election going on, and it just feels so tense. I don't know. There's got to be a way to just like de-stress during this time, and I feel like music is the only answer to that. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, we are not going out neither. Like people just you know doing their stuff. Most of the time, stay home. Yeah. Well, now you have uh, a lot of these online radio stations popping up, like Shanghai Community Radio has been super active during this time. I think Oil started a radio station called Far Radio that they've been broadcasting um, some of the local talent. Has Hong Kong Community Radio been doing anything during this time? No, not really. Oh, yeah. I guess, like, the problem with that is that, you know, either there's no one really traveling Mm-hmm. So we well, I suppose are we supposed to have Petrix in Hong Kong this month? But eventually the show got cancelled because she was in Korea. Oh. 
And then, you know, there was like some regulation being put on by the government saying if you come from Korea, uh, you're not allowed to, you know, come in, come to Hong Kong somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been to Korea or like, you know, as well. Um, yeah, so like there's a lot of, like, you know, travel restrictions going on that uh, for me, like I was originally, maybe I was planning myself to go to Taiwan in maybe April during the uh, Easter holidays, but uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's not, I'm, I'm not going to make it because like, you know, you have to quarantine yourself if you're from Hong Kong to Taiwan for 14 days. Oh my God, really? So you would have to stay inside for those 14 days? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you have to quarantine yourself and no, like, so basically like, you know, uh, it is it, it, it's a huge d- damage to people, particularly the the music scene where people rely on you know traveling to places to places. Mm-hmm. Gigs are cancelled, uh, not only in Hong Kong but in Japan, in Korea, not of course China as well. Like you know, mm-hmm. such you know huge damage. And then there's a like a, a live house being shut down due to you know like you know uh, all the cancellations of the you know gates. They've been losing money. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, talking to someone about that the other day. How you know all the, the venues are really being hurt by not being open and not making money. They've got to pay for rent, and then obviously they the cancellation of shows. It's huge. So imagine like you know after the virus, like okay. Uh, well, uh, the, uh, let's get back to the normal life. No, not really. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the damage has already been done. Oh, my goodness. It's so terrible. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure about the clubs, you know, in Shenzhen or in Shanghai, whether they're going to survive or not. Uh, yeah, it'll be... It's definitely um. Uh, a really tough time but I'm just hoping that this will be there'll be like a resurgence or like a new birth of something there's got to be something good on the way I hope out of the interview with a remix of Anna's Christmas from Alex Malism. A really ravey and futuristic tune this is. I love it. Uh, if you want to listen to more Alex Malism tunes, you can find Alex on soundcloud.com slash alexmalism. And obviously, you should head over to the Absurd Tracks Bandcamp and take a look at what the label's doing because they're really bringing something unique uh, to the musical landscape of Hong Kong. Uh, that's absurdtracks.bandcamp.com. I'll have all the links below uh, when the show is posted, so make sure you go and get your music on. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode 13. Uh, you know, I want to take this time to 
for anyone that's just really confused about what's going on around the world at this moment because you know um it just feels kind of like there's just destruction (laughs) happening all around us um if you need someone to talk to you please don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call your friends call your family even if you want to write or call me if you don't have anyone uh feel free to reach out to me too at shannon dawson 212 at gmail.com and we can kind of talk and just provide some support for one another because I feel like uh, that's missing for some people and um, I want to just be of support any way I can to anyone Uh, and continue maybe even listening to a podcast could help there's more episodes of club management up on SoundCloud make sure you're following us as well at soundcloud.com slash club management one or on mixcloud mixcloud.com slash club management one and if you type club management anywhere where you can get your podcasts uh, you'll find us thanks for tuning in and uh, see you next time